Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. I had a birthday last weekend. Um, and uh, I did. And contrary to what Pastor Jim said, I'm 51, not 55. Um, not, you know, it's funny. Like, it matters. Once you hit your 50s, it's like, who cares? You know, I'm 50s. Um, and I uh, had a great, uh, great day with my family. It was a, um, a lot of fun. And uh, we go through this thing. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's a guy thing um, where your family says, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, it's kind of like... Right? For Mother's Day, guys, Mother's Day, you know what to do for Mother's Day, right? Yeah, see, what did Lynn Marie say? Lynn Marie's my wife. In case you didn't hear, she said, I hope so. Because she trained me. I know what to do for Mother's Day. I know what to do for her birthday. I, I know, you know, um, but like, like when we were growing up, when Father's Day came around, what did you get for your dad? Exactly. Because he never needed anything, right? He never really wanted anything. Like you might get him a baseball cap that you could abscond with. You know, um, something that, that you would get or you'd get in something, a really weird gift. And I find the older I get, uh, my desires for gifts uh, have changed. Um, I was a very spoiled child, right? Uh, to put this in perspective, when I first got my driver's license, uh, my first car, now when I say it's my first car, part of it is being the youngest of four children. When you were the youngest, you just get certain advantages that your siblings didn't get. Right, and I'm the youngest by quite a few years. They're eight, seven, and six years older than I am, and um, you know, <laughs> uh, you learn a lot from your older siblings, right? You learn what not to do, how not to get caught, um, all sorts of things that they didn't have the benefit of. And by the time you roll around, your parents are just like, whatever. As long as you're not bleeding or dead, just go. And um, I had the advantage of uh, moving in with my father uh, when he was in his early 40s, and his. Many of you know, when you're a man in your early 40s, you go through something called your midlife crisis. So I inherited my father's midlife crisis car, which was a two-seater red convertible. That was my first car. And, um, you know, other people I know, you know, had different kinds of cars and different kinds of things, but I had a convertible and I enjoyed it and I liked it. And, you know, and when I was really little, lesson for you guys, when, when, um, when those of us in our 50s or older were little, we used to get something called the Sears catalog in the mail. It was like Amazon, but a book. Um, it really was just like Amazon, except in paper form. And I, you know, I was on Amazon yesterday, because I love Amazon, because who <laughs> wants to leave the house when they shop? And, um, and, and it would come in the mail, and it was thick, and it was huge, and it was always thicker for Christmas. Now, for those of you, Sears used to be a store. Um, they're going away now. Um, which was oddly enough, Sears, just a bit of a backstory, when, when the Sears catalog came out, they put people out of business because you could go to one place to get everything you needed and you could get it through the mail. Well, now Sears is disappearing because now you don't need a book. You can go to the internet and get everything you need and not go to a store. So Sears is actually dying the same death that it killed other people with. Just an interesting factoid. Anyway, so Christmas would roll around. And you would open up the catalog and it sold everything, right? Clothes, hardware, whatever. But you'd go to the toy section and you would pick and you'd choose. And your parents would say, what do you want? <laughs> everything. Uh, I want it all. And, uh, you know, I remember getting our toss across. I remember getting my, my uh, Hot Wheels track. Um, I got a, uh, one year I got an aircraft carrier that would launch uh, airplanes off of it. Come from a family from the, you know, in the Navy. My dad used to fly off a carrier, so it was really cool. 
but those never really amounted to anything. You know, the, the things that I wanted, I don't have anymore. I mean, I'd love to still have that aircraft carrier because that's probably worth some money now, but I broke the planes and really played with it to death. As an adult, my idea of what I want has changed. I'd like to think it has matured. Not entirely, because I did get a video game for my birthday, which was awesome. Um, uh, but the things that I really, truly, that my heart really desires are things that you can't buy, right? They're things that you, that you, you want to change, either about yourself or, or other people. Maybe someone who you know, you're related to or know that, that are sick or getting older or, or what have you. Or you, you, know, you want some personal changes. You want to be able to have the wherewithal to actually exercise on a regular basis uh, so you can fit into your genes again. You know, stuff like that. And that's hard to buy. Um, and it's interesting because I think a lot of us go through the same process in our, in our walk with the Lord, right? Um, when we first come to the Lord, uh, we're excited and we're young and we're hungry. And, and I, I, you know, I can't point to a scripture that says this is true, but I, 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 I do believe that, that, that the Holy Spirit watches over us as new believers, kind of like a parent, you know, watches over toddlers, you know, as, as we new believers and we're running around and telling everybody about Jesus, I, you know, Holy Spirit, don't put that in your mouth. Don't let that come out of your mouth. Stop running. Come here. Wait. Ah, um, and, uh, and there's things that we want to accomplish within the body of Christ. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's okay to want to do things within, within the, the kingdom of God. That's a great thing. We should all want that. And, and we desire these things and we want these things and we see these gifts listed out in scripture and we want them all. But I don't know that it's always for the right reasons. A lot like when we're, when we're kids and we, you know, we, we want everything. I've learned a lot uh, since uh, Lynn Marie and I got married about a lot of different things. We'll be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary this year. And um, I, man, I have loved being married. I, I just been, it has just been the best. We laugh a lot. And actually my laugh is so loud. I'm betting if you have your windows open, occasionally you could probably hear me. Um, if the wind is out of the West, it'll waft towards the city. Just listen for it. It sounds a lot like a Blue Jay. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the ways you learn is by interacting with each other's families. And, um, you know, there were four of us kids growing up and uh, Christmas was a big deal. And, and you know, we, we'd, <laughs> Santa would come while we were at Midnight Mass. I grew up Catholic and it always bothered me as a kid that I had to go to Midnight Mass, but Santa didn't because he was supposed to be a better person than I was, but he didn't have to go to church. I had to go to church. And, you know, as a six-year-old at Midnight Mass, your only concern is getting it over with and getting home and opening gifts, which we did a lot like Piranha. Um, we would get home and um, we would just, you know, we'd pass out the gifts, everybody get their pile. And it was like starting a race. You know, somebody would fire a gun and it was like, you know, like those movies, those fake horror films where they dip the cow in the water with the piranha and they bring up a, a skeleton. That's how we open gifts. The gifts would just go and the paper would fly everywhere. And then we would be done. And then we'd play until like four or five o'clock in the morning. And that's what we did. When I got married, um, started celebrating Christmases with Lynn Marie's family. And I have to say, Lynn Marie's family does it right. In case, again, you didn't hear that, she said, yeah, because everything her family does is better than mine. Um, uh, and there's a lot of them. Limery has five older brothers and sisters. They have kids. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we get together. We sing car Christmas carols before we open gifts, right? We really focus on the moment. 
And um, uh, and then everybody, there's one person who's designated to pass out the gifts. And so one person gets a gift. You don't pass them out all at one time. One person gets a gift and they hand it off to the person and everybody stares and waits and watches while that person opens the gift and they show their appreciation for what it was that they just got. Hugs are given. It's, it's an awesome time. And each gift is done that way. And it takes a really long time, but it is awesome because it's appreciative, right? It's, 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 it's great to get gifts. It's better to be appreciative for them and to participate, right? It's, it's okay that I didn't get that gift, but it's great to see somebody else be excited about it. And it's great to be able to participate in that sort of thing. In, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts, uh, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, seconds are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. It is awesome that scripture says we should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Right? Because it's Christ that knit us together. It's Christ that brings us together. And whether you're a, a visitor here, you're coming in from out of town, or you're here visiting family, whether this is your church, wherever your church home is, you've been placed there for a purpose. We've been brought together as a community because we work together. We're not all the same. We have different abilities, different things that God has created in us. We've had different experiences and that sort of thing. And God puts us together as one unit because we are all different. So we can accomplish the things that, that God has for whatever local community you belong to. And it's great to earnestly want those things. It's great. Who doesn't want a gift? If someone came up right now and put a wrapped piece of whatever on there and said, Pastor Mike, this is for you. I don't care that you guys are here. I'd open it because it's for me and it's a gift and it's awesome. Who doesn't like getting gifts? But there is a way that is best of all, right? And it is the foundation of everything that we do. And what is the best way? Gifts are great. Gifts are great. We should desire them, but love is the best way. So where, where he says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all, it then flows in 1 Corinthians from, from chapter 12 into, into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is the love chapter. If you've been to uh, um, a wedding, um, I don't need that now, that's okay. Um, uh, if you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard the love chapter, right? It, and, and 1 Corinthians 13 is all about what love is, right? It spells out that love is not an emotion. You guys can read it on your own. And I'm sure you've all heard it before. Love is patient. Love is kind. It spells out that love is not an emotion, but a series of actions and choices. Love keeps no record of wrong. That's a choice, right? 
It's easy to keep a record of wrong. Well, this person did this and this and this and this. I know they asked for forgiveness for it. I know they've moved on. But still, they've done this and this and this and this. But if we, if we are truly walking in the love that God outlines, then we are making proper choices. It's not an emotion. It's a series of choices of what you do in the moment that decides whether or not you're walking in love. And that scripture talks about in the end, when everything is said and done, all of these gifts will go away. But love remains. So that has to be the most important thing. Love is the foundation of, of everything that we do as believers, right? What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with everything you are. What's the second one? Just like the first one, love your neighbor as yourself. That is the beginning and end of everything that we do. Love God, love our neighbor. And then in addition to that, the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to do something for you to make that better to enhance what it is that you have to do. But it all begins with the foundation of love, and we can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of that. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Why is it given? For the common good, exactly. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Now, the gifts that are, are listed here are, are, are different. They're not like other gifts that are talked about in Scripture. These are, these are different. These are not human talents and abilities. And it's certainly part of who you are is what you're good at, right? Um, there's, a, there's a radio show on uh, one of the local sports channels that I listen to on Sunday mornings. Um, and it's... Uh, it's, it's it's led by a local pastor, and they and they bring in um, different different coaches, athletes that are believers, and they talk about their testimony, what they went through, what they do, and that sort of thing. And they and they you know they said something this morning. Um, the gentleman that was on here um, was a track individual, and then went on to to play wide receiver in the uh, Canadian Football League. And um, he said something that stuck with me is that is that he had a, a talent and an ability athletically that other people didn't have. And I think sometimes we think that if we just work at something hard enough, we can achieve anything we want. I don't think that's true. I, I think you've been given a series of abilities and things, and you can become better at certain things. If I would have played athletics my entire life, if I would have practiced every day, I'd still be slow, the slowest person in the room. I can learn how to catch better. My favorite, my favorite game was baseball. I loved baseball, right? And something happened to me in baseball. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I had problems with my eyes. Um, uh, I had lazy eye, but I had bilateral lazy eye. So both eyes, I was, like, was kind of like an iguana. Um, the only thing that I was missing was the long tongue to catch insects. But you know, I would look at you with this eye, and then this eye would go someplace else. And then when I talked to you, 
this side would come back and this one would go over here. And it was very confusing to people who I was talking to. And it used to drive me nuts because people go, are you talking to me? Of course I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you. But I never, I didn't know what it looked like. I mean, I was looking at you, but only with 50% of my face. And then I met a man or a woman who had the same problem. And it was like one day she was talking to me. It's like, are you talking to me? Oh, I get it now. So I had that surgically corrected when I was uh, in third grade. This is, this is bringing my eyes together. Um, and uh, I had surgery. And to this day, like uh, we had an experience when we were on vacation not too long ago. Um, if I concentrate out of one eye, the other eye goes a little bit. And, and Colin saw it for the first time and it freaked him out a little bit. Um, like if I stand close enough to you, I can look in both of your eyes simultaneously. It's really freaky, it's really weird. The problem with that is I have, I have some depth perception, like I'm not gonna be a danger to myself or others when I'm driving my car, but I don't have great depth perception, right? And that was fine up until seventh grade in baseball. Like I, could, I know where the fly ball is gonna come and I can catch it. The problem became once the ball started to move at a pretty good speed and the guy throwing the ball started throwing curves, I can't, I can see its height, but I can't tell how far away it is over the plate. And I was swinging at everything that was level. It could have been three feet out of the, out of the box and I was swinging at it and thought I was going to hit it. I became the worst hitter ever and my baseball career was over. It wouldn't have mattered how hard I practiced because I tried really hard. It didn't matter. My career was over. That was not my strength. That was not my ability. And it didn't matter how hard I was going to work at it. It was never, ever going to be my strength. And the same thing is true with, with other things that we do, right? There are things that you're good at. There are things that you can get better at, but we may never be the best. The gifts that we're talking about are also different from other gifts that we receive as believers. Um, there are different things like, like hospitality and, and helps and, and that sort of thing that help bind us together and, and help us work, to be, work better as a body. But these gifts that we were just talking about are, are gifts that are imparted or given to us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts function not by my ability, right? Not by my own talents, not by what I do, but by the supernatural influence and operation of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and he does so in our lives and, and in these gifts when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's nine, there's nine gifts of the Spirit that are listed. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, miracles, and faith. Some of those are self-evident. If you don't know what the gift of healing is, think about it for a while. Uh, but it's pretty much just that. But, but if you want to know more about this, I'm going to put this on you. It's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to define. It's a, it's a lot to know. But as a, as a, as a body of Christ, it's something that, that, that Pastor Frank has, has you know, took the time to write out and, and Pastor Jim has, has, has taken his time to update. We have something called the Principles in Christian Living Course or Pickle. And, and when, you, when you decide to, to hitch your wagon to this church, we go through something called the rivet class. And that just, it, it lets you know a little bit about who we are, what we believe, um, you know, what things we think are important. So you can decide whether or not you actually want to be a, a part of this, of this body, right? Because we want you to be informed. You know, if you're going to join up, if there's something that you want to, you know, you think you belong here, and, but you just want to make sure. And it's a great way for, for you to ask questions and, and learn about where we came from, who we are, and that sort of thing. But after that course is over, 
um, uh, we, we give you a book and it's Principles in Christian Living and we ask you to go through it. It's a self-study book and, and we have you do this so, so you get a better understanding and a deeper knowledge of who we are. And there's great chapters in there about these particular gifts. So if you have had that book, go back and read it. That's why we give it to you, so you can keep it. And so you can go back and you can refer to it. If you haven't gotten that book yet, um, I know we just had a, a Rivet class and, and you were told that that book is coming. It is coming and it'll be here very soon. If you if you haven't gone through the, the Rivet class yet and received your pickle, go through the Rivet class. And uh, so, you can, so you can learn about these sort of things. And one of the, I've been going to this church for a very long time. There is no doubt that this is my church home. I've been coming here since Ronald Reagan's first term. I'll let you figure out the years. And I think something that we have always done very well is allowed people to discover what it is that God wants from them. We believe in participation. Participation, of course, right? There isn't a church on the face of the earth that doesn't believe in participation. But what we don't believe in is forced participation, right? We're not going to make you feel bad for not being a Sunday school teacher. We're not going to make you feel bad if you don't come to the Pinewood Derby next weekend and, and meet some of our neighbors. That's, that's not what we do, right? Our, our goal as a church, and it's always been, and I, you know, I, I have a lot of appreciation for Pastor Frank. I have a lot of appreciation for Pastor Jim. They're just, they're amazing people to me. And I say that because I know them. I've had the opportunity to really know them. You know, you go on a motorcycle trip with someone, you, you get to know somebody pretty well. You spend almost 40 years in and out of somebody's house, you, you get to know somebody pretty well. And, and the desire is that you lay a foundation of love with your Savior. Right, because that's what scripture teaches. It's not what we do that gets us into heaven, it's the relationship. It's the grace that's been given to us through, through Christ's death and resurrection that matters. And it's that love relationship that we have with Christ and that's the beginning and the end of everything that we do here. It's about the relationship, but it's on you. It's your relationship, right? Scripture teaches us that, that to, to, for us to judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. I don't know your motivations. Right? Only the Holy Spirit sees your heart. And so I, I can't tell you, I can't tell you what you're doing in your relationship with God. The Holy Spirit can. And if you talk to me about it, I, I'm more than willing to help you out with it. But but we can only judge a tree by the fruit, not by the motivation. And so so in this body, in this church, we are very concerned with your walk with the Lord. Because that's the beginning and end of everything. It doesn't matter how many gifts you've been given. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how God wants to use you if you're not walking with him and loving him and learning and growing with him. That is the beginning and end of everything. These gifts are given as God sees fit, right? As the Holy Spirit uses us. And the reasons why that God has given us these gifts is to show and communicate the power of God to believers and pre-believers alike. And certainly within these, within these gifts that, that scripture talks about, the gift of healing and prophecy, word of wisdom and word of knowledge, there's some very practical, uh, practical benefits to receiving those sort of things or being the recipient of someone else using those gifts. But ultimately it's to bring glory to God, both for the people who know God and for those people who do not yet know God. 
because it points them to an all-powerful God who cares about the innermost things of your life, how you're feeling, how you're walking, the diseases that are going on, the problems that you have. It shows people that God, God not only cares, but is capable of intervening. And certainly these, these gifts are to benefit other believers, right? To be the recipient of healing. It's to build up the body of Christ. The gift of, of wisdom, word of knowledge, really helps us grow together as a body um, and learn to do things better and learn to do things right, how to apply God and, and apply the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day. And we need to understand that these manifestations, these things, this, this operation and the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, are determined by God. It's not by us. We're the vessel, right? And it's kind of like a lamp. I always use simple explanations because that's what works for me. The lamp is a thing that we use to read by at night to light up a room. If it's not plugged in, it doesn't work. And that's the same thing, that's the same that is true with us. We may have these, these abilities or God may want us to, to utilize or use these gifts, but if we're not walking with or plugged in or, or continuing to grow in God, then what, you're just a vessel with, a, you're just a lamp with a broken light bulb or someone who's decided to unplug yourself from the source of power. And so the gifts are great. The relationship is greater. Love is the foundation than the gifts. Gifts are great, scripture says. It's good to desire them. Love is the better thing. And the use of these gifts always has to be weighed against scripture. I'm a fallible man. Thank you. That was nice. My wife said, yes, you are a fallible man, but she didn't say yes until I asked her. <laughs> I know she knows I'm a fallible man. 25 years, she's learned nothing. She's learned that. That and I won't put away laundry. It tries her nuts. Uh, <laughs> so what we do has to be weighed against scripture, right? Because that's the only thing that doesn't change. Our understanding of God changes. Right? As we learn more about him, as, as, we, as we walk out our, 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 our life with him, our understanding of who he is and how great he is changes. But it all comes back to scripture because that doesn't change. And I can have a misunderstanding. Right? I can be wrong. I can get caught up in a moment. You want to see me get caught up in a moment? Drive with me in my car. We had an incident the other day where uh, we were picking Colin up from school. I came back from a trip, and so, you know, it was like 7 o'clock at night, and I believe it was my turn at the stop sign. The gentleman in the Escalade did not think so, and he thought he would go. And I accelerated just a little bit too fast. Kind of lost myself in that moment, got really close to him just so I could communicate the fact that it should have gone first. That was not a good move. That was not smart. And I knew it wasn't smart as soon as I heard Limerick go, Michael! Um... And so all of us can get caught up in a moment, right? And so when we're exercising these gifts, when we're walking in these gifts, it's important for us to realize who we are, where we are, what it is that we're about to do, and how does it line up with the Word of God? It all comes back to that. Understand that, that we can get in the way. I'm going to go back to my lamp analogy. We can get in the way of things. God is all-powerful, but he chooses to use, uh, use us, an imperfect vessel, right? 
And as that imperfect vessel with free will, we can decide whether or not to utilize the gift or utilize the gift rightly or wrongly, the right thing for the wrong reason. It's really no different than putting a light bulb in a socket, right? Ideally, you put the light bulb in a socket, that's fine, light turns on. Stick your finger in the socket, turn the light on, totally different experience. And the same thing is kind of, is kind of true with, our, with our, our, our walk with the Lord and our, our utilization of these gifts. As a church, I believe we're unique. We're unique for a lot of different reasons. I think we've been very blessed with, with senior pastors who continue to grow. I have been incredibly blessed and challenged uh, by Pastor Frank and his desire to continue to understand, to know, to grow. Um, you know, just a voracious reader and, uh, uh, you know, just all sorts of things. I've been a believer for a really long time. And you get to a point where you think, I pretty much know stuff. But then I see the example of Pastor Frank. And as long as he's known the Lord, he's still knowing, or still, still desiring to know, still desiring to grow, and that challenges me. Pastor Jim's desire for our church is to know, I don't want to speak for Pastor Jim, but what I hear is <laughs> that he wants us to be everything that God has for us to be. That, that he doesn't want us to miss out on something that God has for us because we're not doing our part. That we're not doing our part to participate in preparation. You know, when we come to church, this should be the culmination of our week, right? We should come in to this service knowing our God. For those, those of us that, that belong here, right? We should come in having experienced God throughout the week Right, because we we love him. We don't just love him on Sunday mornings. We love him all the time. So we're spending time with him, and we're we're experiencing him, and we're spending time in prayer. This should be the ultimate celebration of everything that we've done during the week. This isn't the time to come in unprepared with our battery, our spiritual batteries drained to get recharged for the week. This should be the culmination and celebration of everything that we've experienced about God for the entire week. because the Holy Spirit wants to operate. And in order for that to happen, you and I have to be prepared. It's not like a light switch. We have to have that loving relationship, right? Because the greatest of these is love. We love, God loves. <laughs> we love God and then. If we're not doing our part to love God during the week, then why would we expect him, why would we expect the Holy Spirit to show up? The Holy Spirit is here. We know that. Scripture tells us wherever two or more are gathered, there I am. But if we haven't taken the time to plug our lamp in during the week, why would we expect our lamp to turn on on Sunday? God loves, we love then. I'm very appreciative of being a part of this church. I love the fact that you can just come to church. 
I love the fact that if you want to try something new, we're going to help you do it. I love the fact that if you believe God is doing something new in your life and you're about to step out in faith, we're going to let you do it. We're going to let you give it a try. We're going to let you give it a rip. And we'll stand next to you and we'll help you out. We may tell you we think you're wrong. <laughs> we may think it's a great idea, but here's some things you might want to think about first. Because we want you to experience the fullness of what God has for you. Not just on Sundays, every day of the week. We want to be a local church that experiences everything God has for us. Some of it selfishly, right? I want to experience everything God has for me because I want to experience everything God has. But we're a church that believes we are a part of this community. And one of the reasons for the manifestation or the, or the showing of these gifts is to show other people how great God is. I receive a blessing not to keep it, but to express how glorious God is. And that's how these gifts work. That's how these gifts operate. Sure, I receive a, a benefit from it, but more importantly, people that are here for the first time or people that don't yet know God get to see God in a brand new light that he's active and living and, and cares about you today. He's not a God that died 2,000 years ago. He's a God that is alive today and wants to change this community, this neighborhood, this city for his benefit. So everyone can experience his love, his greatness. And he's allowing us to participate. But it all begins with love. Your individual love for a great God that loved you first. And I can't tell you what you're doing right or wrong. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. I can help you, and I'm willing to help you. We have church leaders here. We, we have a senior pastor that, that's more than willing to help you out with that. We have a, 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 an emeritus pastor that, that, that is willing to help you out with that. We've got elders that are willing to help you out with that. We've got home group leaders that are willing to help you out with that. But it's entirely in your hands. Can't make you. The Holy Spirit won't make you. It's in your hands. It is your relationship with the Lord. So I'm asking, as a member of this congregation who wants to see God move, as a, as a, as a person who's been coming here for a really long time that wants us to have everything that God has for us to do, I want you to go home. And I want you to think about it. I want you to go through your pickle book. I want you to think about your relationship with your God. Are you plugging in or unplugging? What are Sundays about? for you? Are they only about you? Are you preparing for Sundays? Are you spending time with God during the week? Or are you waiting for God to show up on Sunday to encourage you for the rest of the week? I don't know. But again, the scripture says, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. I want to see the fruit. I want to see people used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people grow and change and, and become, become more like their Savior. But in order for that to happen, we have to do our part during the week. God loves, we love then. So love your God with everything that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you've adopted us as your children. I thank you that, you, that you've brought us together as, as believers, Lord so that we can be the community that you want us to be. And Lord, I, I thank you that, that, 
Lord, I thank you that the beginning and end of what we do is love, that you don't make us do things, that we don't do it out of compulsion, that we don't have to do things, but we do it because we want to and we do it because we love you. There is no pressure. There is no guilt. There is no anything, Lord, other than love for you, and we thank you for that. And Lord, help us to grow. We thank you that you send the Holy Spirit to convict, Lord. That's, that's not my job. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And Lord, I do ask you to help us to look at our lives. Help us to, to plug in, Lord. Help us to, to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So please stand and receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, may lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Peace as only the Lord can give you. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.